Welcome back to The Enlightened Agent. Today's episode is really fun. I connected with Michael Freilich from Renaissance. Michael and I vibed earlier this year over our uh, previous lives at Accenture, graduating from the management consulting life and into InsureTech. Mike and I have similar passions for technology, product, and insurance. And I was excited when Michael got in touch about coming on the show because most of our guests have been in this series, the DEI series, have been either women leaders or people of color. And the opportunity to have a fellow white male executive step forward and talk about his journey into this space as a leader and, and what this podcast has done for him was super rewarding. So if you want to hear about that and hear about Mike's journey, stick around and enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to another episode of The Enlightened Agent, the podcast that brings you conversations with top insurance professionals and industry leaders. My name is Jason Keck, and I'm joined today by Michael Freilich, the Chief Product Officer at Renaissance. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Jason. It's great to be here. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd love to kick things off today by just having you introduce yourself, right? You and I have I've gotten to know each other over the last couple of months, and I think it's probably been over a year now, but... Um, mm -hmm. Would love for you to introduce yourself and, and Renaissance to our audience and let them know what you guys do. Excellent. Thank you. I came to Renaissance about four years ago after 15 years as a management consultant. And I, I think I've recovered from that at this point. I joined Renaissance as the chief technology officer and then over the last several months took on this chief product officer role um, where I'm responsible for all of the software and, and services that Renaissance provides to its member agencies. Cool. Renaissance is a network of, of independent agents. Uh, we have a, about almost 300 agencies across the country beyond market access and enhanced compensation, which most networks provide. Renaissance built and runs a technology and services platform. Um, mm. The heart of that is a data pipeline that runs every night, aggregating management system data. We play that data back to our members in a way that you know, they can't get elsewhere and, yep. and really provide some insight into their business and, and, and surface growth opportunities. And that applications that run on that data are surrounded by services that, you know, really become an extension of, of our agency's uh, businesses. I love that. That was one of the things certainly that drew me to you guys when we first connected was that you were going beyond, obviously, the, the commercial and aggregator benefits, and you're even going beyond the partnership benefits. You guys are actually building tech, which is not a small undertaking, as we all know. And having having also recovered from the, the management consulting journey, I was certainly drawn to what you guys are doing there and, and appreciate um, what you're doing for your for your members. So so kudos to you. Um, oh, thank you. We're sure. having a lot of fun. Good, good. So Mike, the theme of this series focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion has really gotten a lot of people's attention. And we've had a couple different female leaders, people of color on the show, talking about uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion in the insurance industry. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised to hear from you that you were interested in what we're doing and even interested in in coming on the show, which I think is fantastic. But I'm curious, 
if you could maybe share with the audience, you know, why you thought that was important and why ultimately you, you decided to join me. Sure. Well, it was your initial note that really I found to be just a very wonderful essay about this topic. And there are several things that resonated with me. One, after the murder of George Floyd, like many people in all over the world, I began exploring my own thoughts on the topics of diversity, equity, inclusion, understanding my own biases and the way I you know, understand narratives around the world and here in America. And this is a topic I think a lot about. I read a lot about it. Uh, my wife is a professor in academia. The topic of equity is very, very present. Yep. So we talk about it a lot. And I will say I was a bit reticent at first about c- coming the podcast, but I think it was your first episode with uh, Charlene Wheelis that right. actually spurred me into to action sort of on multiple fronts that I'll talk about. But I had real admiration for you in how you structured that first episode on this series and, you know, also inspired me to participate, really. That's awesome. I, I give a lot of the credit for that episode to, I have a coach that I work with and a professional coach, and she encouraged me to, I took a retreat earlier this year, just a, a personal retreat and, and asked her for some guidance on some some things I should be doing to become a better leader. And she recommended a book called Dare to Lead by Brene Brown, which I ended up uh, listening to on a very long hike that I did one day. I listened to almost the whole book and it really changed my perspective on how to be a good leader and how to grow. And And one of the most important concepts of that book is is the concept of, of vulnerability and mm. between sort of onboarding the power of vulnerability and the importance of vulnerability in in communicating and taking that and combining it with this goal of trying to raise the conversation, elevate the conversation around diversity, equity, and inclusion. I think that would help me author that initial newsletter that you got and that a lot of other people responded to is, is just a very honest, vulnerable statement about what I think and feel. And I think it it sounds like it resonated with you and it, it it definitely resonated with others. So it did. And that's great to hear that it resonated with others. I think that being vulnerable, especially in the workplace and as a leader is an important quality, but also can be tricky depending on yeah. the, the context and the situation that, that you're in. I think there's also a component of that, that is about being authentic you know, and not kind of putting a a front on and these kinds of things, which can certainly get in the way of vulnerability, but also in the way of, you know, being fully who you are in the workplace, which I think is a bit of what some of this is about. Yeah. The Uh, the authenticity, authenticity is a word that came up a lot in that book. And it's one that I think people are very comfortable. I think people want to be authentic. I think there's a drive for authenticity that we all have. And there's a fear that it conflicts with how they're meant to be perceived in the workplace. And so I think what really clicked for me was this message that, you know, vulnerability is good. In fact, it's important for growth. Mm. And that is one of the things that sort of opens the door for authenticity, which is like, look, maybe your authentic self isn't what, you know, you think other people want, but try being vulnerable with it and see what happens. And the results have been astonishing. So, yeah. So I would encourage anybody listening to try and and find their comfort with their own authentic selves and they're comfortable sharing that, being vulnerable with that uh, in the workplace. And that's actually what triggered, hey, I'm a 
white male leader in a white male dominated industry, like I'm just going to put it out there. And I, I suspect there's other people like who have the same discomfort with that, that I do. And so right. I think that's probably what resonated with you and why I hope you're, you're here with me today. So no, it's great. By the way, I also love that have a leadership coach. I think this is one of these things that I've noticed when I was a management consultant, there is gobs and gobs of leadership training in that industry. At the time, I think I was sometimes dismissive of it, felt like a, a chore, and I miss it deeply now because outside of that kind of very structured path, it's a thing you have to seek out. And I think seeking it out allows you to find paths like this to have a conversation in your industry that is, that's really needed. Yeah. Sh shout out to my coach, Meg Wolf. I met her a year ago, really transformed my journey as a leader. And I think really um, that transformation had a corresponding positive impact on the company and my team and teaching them to be leaders now through this, this dare to lead sort of philosophy that we're sort of installing into the business now. And, and we actually just did a whole offsite focused on that and oh, very teaching, nice. teaching everybody to be a leader and inviting them to be authentic. So, you know, on the, on the show, on that first show with Charlene, we had a interesting conversation about the difference between diversity and inclusion. Cause they're, you know, you put them all in the same sentence, but those they're, they're actually two different things. And, and I think that, you know, diversity being kind of more the statistics and inclusion being more the, the behavior. And I know that when we spoke before, that seemed interesting to you. So I'm, I'm curious if you want to you know, share your thoughts on that and just in general, how you think about culture in the workplace and at Renaissance. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I did love the, the way the, the conversation evolved to separate the, those things. Sometimes right. I feel like DE&I is a bit of a monolith <laughs> or something. Right. And I think what clicked with me was to think specifically about each of those things separately and not together. And that what that did was help understand what actions could be taken to actually achieve a specific outcome. Often, right. I think diversity can be like boiled down into these metrics, like how diverse is your, your, your company. Inclusion is much difficult and much more, I think, connected to culture. And I think this was talked about in the episode, but I'm also kind of making this connection that the two feed off of each other, right? right? That when you have diverse backgrounds and diversity of thought within your organization, that in inclusion in some sense uh, can get forced if you're doing it right, if you're open to it. And then at the same token, if you have this in inclusive environment where people can bring them their whole selves to work, that it makes having diverse backgrounds probably easier and more likely. I, yeah. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's funny, as you were saying that I was writing down the mathematical expression, D diversity does not equal equity, which does not equal inclusion. They're actually three separate things. <laughs> but what's interesting is they're all critically intertwined because like you were saying, diversity, you can have a diverse company, right? And more likely than not, if you do, it's going to feel more inclusive because you're going to have this kind of diverse people, but only if there's equity. And by that, I mean that if you have, you know, a bunch of white male leaders and a bunch of, you know, junior females or people of color, then it's not going to feel inclusive. So having equity right. up and down the stack, up and down the leadership stack is important for bringing the two pieces of diversity and inclusion together. 
So. Yeah. And I think for a lot of companies, Renaissance is not different. That This is a bit of a journey. And probably, I don't know that it's ever something that is achieved per se, but something... Yeah. Yeah, no. You just have to emphasize it. You just have you, to always right. emphasize it. So. And I think on this journey for us, one of the things that I've been thinking about related to it, and this is, again, something from my past, that when you're in a big company, sometimes there are these things called you know, firm building. You get It's good to participate in whatever kind of activities are going on or lead things that help grow the culture of the firm. And I think there's quite a a strong tie between diversity, inclusion, and equity, and those kinds of activities, which right. I think one of your other guests recently said that it's a leadership opportunity. DEI is a leadership opportunity. And I think that's true because it, if there are people within the company where there's a space made for that to be a focus, that's eventually how those things are achieved, whether that's hiring a chief diversity officer or what, whatever the, the initiative right. is, or more you know, grassroots types things that, that can happen in a company. It's those kinds of initiatives that I think are, you know, p- part of a journey and something that I've been thinking about a lot at our at our company. Yeah. What I'm remembering is the conversation with Preeti from Aon who talked about they have these business resource groups, which are kind of like interest groups within the company. And what I thought was interesting about that is that she said that there is diversity and equity on their leadership team and and those diverse leaders also participate in the interest groups so that you end up with multi-level diversity representation, but also in in sort of not just in the, the normal sort of org stack, but also in these interest stacks. So you get mm. junior people with access to senior people with similar backgrounds so that they feel included in that. And so it's a nice way to create sort of a vertical connectivity in a company aligned around a particular interest or race or gender or or some combination of those. Mike, you talked a little bit about the journey you're on. And now that you're on that journey, I'm curious, what are some things uh, that you're thinking about doing now that diversity, equity, inclusion are top of mind? So there are a couple things. One is to be more intentional about this at work. One place that that exists is in recruiting where I'm making sure that it's part of the conversation that we have with recruiters and it's part of the conversation that we have as we are uh, you know, deciding who to hire. Renaissance is a, is a small company, but that doesn't mean that this you know, can't be part of, of the conversation. And so that's one thing I'm being intentional about. Cool. The other is an organization that I've had my eye on for a while called IC Stars, which is an organization uh, based in the Midwest that helps underserved people get access to tech training and then also does job placement. And they've had some great success in the training program that they have and getting people to to actually get, get placed in the workforce that otherwise would not have access to these kinds of things. They've been on my mind for, for a long time. I've, I've donated, I've, I've done various things, but I've never like actually you know, gone and, and volunteered and whatnot. And I'm I'm happy to say your note and the dialogue that you and I have had over the last several weeks has spurred me into action. So I'm 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 par- participating in something they call a, a high tea, which is like their lecture series in a few weeks. And I hope to continue engaging with them. And it's it's sort of one of the things that was a piece of action, I think in the right direction that came out of the dialogue that you started. So I, I, I thank you for that. My feather in my cap today, I made, I made a difference in one person who's going to make a difference in others. And I'm, I'm going to, I should probably just 
you know how you have those days where like you kind of want to end on a good note and just be like, all right, cancel all my meetings. I did a good job today. There you go. Right. Because you have to there you, you go. You always want to end the day on a good. That's great. Where did you I'm curious where you where did you hear about them? How did you come across them? What was the discovery? Do you you know, I don't know how I initially <laughs> heard about them. On occasion, I have gone to look for places to volunteer and things like this. So I may have stumbled upon them in one of those uh, searches. They also, they have a, a lot of big, I think there's some corporate sponsors there that are aligned with some in my past. So uh, there was some alignment there. Yeah. Is this a virtual participation? Is this in person? In person. Right. It's in yeah, person. Be okay. In person. Yeah. And you're yeah, doing a... You say it's a lecture or a presentation, you're doing a speech or something. What's what's the topic? I think it's a, it's talk, a about? talk about, it's pretty open. It's a talk about sort of my career path and how I got to do what I'm doing today. And I need to look more closely at exactly what, yeah, you, you better be, <laughs> what you better I need be prepared. to talk about. Uh, but yep. then there's also a Q&A uh, component to it. So look, uh, I think, I'm really I think looking with, forward to it. I think with these things, I've, I've participated some in the past and you, it's it's easy to say like, Hey, I'm going to go do it. And then you realize before you get there, you know, Hey, I'm not really prepared. And that kind of always feels a little bit uncomfortable. And usually you end up sort of on the way there kind of coming up with something. And the reality is like, you, you probably have so much knowledge and experience to draw on that literally, if you just showed up and shared that with the audience, that it's going to be eye opening for them. And I think showing up is more than half of the effort. Uh, talking about your experience will be inspiring for people. And then you know, I don't know how they, you know, if there's opportunities to engage or interact with people after, but it's easy to forget that young people or, or disadvantaged people, you know, they have really different uh, upbringings, really different experiences yeah. than we had. And, you know, sometimes just, just a little bit of help can go a long way. So kudos to you for doing that. And I'm glad that I was able to make an impact. So, well, thank you for that. And I'm really excited about it. Good. When is it? When's the event? I think early July, early okay. to mid July. Yeah. All right. A couple of weeks. Be, um, uh, if, if you think about it, drop me a line after. I'd be curious to know, know how that all went. So I will do. I will do. Mike, as you know, the show is called The Enlightened Agent, and enlightenment is defined as the state of having knowledge or understanding. And so, you know, I think to wrap things up today and maybe in an effort to enlighten our audience, is there anything else that you? are doing or have discovered as part of this journey, or you plan to do to continue the process or to continue improving DNI either for yourself, for your business or for the industry? I guess I would encourage others to go on this journey that I'm on and that you're on and to uh, lean into this and read about it, understand it. These are complicated cultural issues in our, particularly in our country. And I think the only way to learn about these things really is to read and listen and understand different perspectives and talk to people. And I think it's an important journey to go on and it's it's where uh, where change happens. I think it's a reading, talking, it's all about making time for it, right? And so mm -hmm. I think that is where things go a long way. Just by having this series, right? Diversity, equity, and inclusion have become part of something I think about every week. Right. And just so yeah. just by dedicating a one hour call with people like you to talk about it, that, you know, has elevated the importance of it in the company. It's elevated the importance of, like when I'm in recruiting now, I'm very focused on diverse pools. Right. And when we're hiring, I'm being super conscious that, you know, we're, we're maintaining a, a diverse team and it's just having the conversation, just filling the room with this topic, as opposed to anything else, right. That you could pick yeah. and choose from is important. So I, I agree with that. 
I invite anybody else who, who is listening to the show, if they want to make this bigger priority for themselves to get in touch, happy to hear about other people's journeys as well. It's been a really rewarding process for me. I'm thinking about wrapping up the series by getting Charlene back on the show and uh, kind of having a, a wrap up, not a wrap up, but a, or maybe a check-in on on my journey and, and what it's been like. I think I feel we're pretty proud of, of what we're doing and and some of the plans that we have. So just by, you know, having a live conversation. So that's great. It's really wonderful, Jason. I appreciate all of that that you're doing. Thanks, Michael. As always, this has been an enlightening conversation. Really enjoyed this conversation. Enjoyed having you on the show. Enjoyed hearing about your journey. Before wrapping up, anything else you want to share with our listeners before we go? I'm all good for now. This has been great. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Uh, Look forward to seeing you soon, staying in touch, hearing up your journey, and hopefully meeting up in person one of these days. So we keep doing this virtual thing. And and now that the pandemic seems to be on its way out, I'm going to have to get out there and and come say hi. So That would be a pleasure. That'd be great. Thanks for the time, Mike. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Take care.